If you're hearing talk on the Internet, you're listening to TalkZone.com. Wow. Thank you for that. TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. We've recently been telling a joke that we found in the Reader's Digest that is the perfect joke for today's show. And the joke goes something like this. This lady is with her doctor who would really like to get her off antidepressants. And he says to her, so what happens uh, when you go off antidepressants? And she says... Absolutely nothing to me. I'm every fine. single time. I'm fine, but all of a sudden my husband becomes a total jerk. Every single time. I don't know how it happens, and it isn't anything I did. He, he doesn't goes, even. He doesn't even know I'm not yeah, taking it. He just goes from this nice guy to this total jerk, and I don't know what happened. <laughs> That's if so you've been around somebody you know who has like bipolar or something, you know, and they're they're pretty into that that stuff, you know, like they're they need help and they don't take their medicine, you can really tell you the difference. You can really tell the difference. You know, we talk all the time about how to work on uh on our ego and uh it's refreshing on occasion to find somebody who knows how to talk about it also and how to help coach people on working through their own egos. So we went ahead and invited him onto the show to see what he says about how to get through our big egos because we all have them if we're willing to be honest about it. And in order to get on a path that's enlightened, we are most surely going to need to work on our ego. So would you welcome to the show the author of The Little Book on Big Ego, Joel Epstein. How you doing, Joel? Good. How you doing? We're good. Thanks for being on the show. You guys are better than me. You guys are in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. It's automatic. Our, our next step is to learn the hula. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so uh, let's say somebody's ego's acting up. What's the first thing, you know, it's going to get inflamed, it may be already inflamed. What do you do? Where do you start to get this productive instead of destructive? Well, that it's a great question and a very, very broad question. But, I mean, I know that you have read the book, correct? Yep. And really the core... I call it, uh, it's one of the friction factors, but, you know, I call it, and it's a very simple, but people forget about it all the time, is just knowing where the finish line is. Meaning, if you have to deal with somebody that is being an ego monster, is an ego monster, or just exhibiting some ego monster behavior at that time, yeah. The first thing you need to remember, I mean, the three quick tips, obviously there's a lot more to it, but number one, always remember where the finish line is. Who is this person? 
see them again? Uh, will they, do I need something from them? Am I trying to accomplish something with them? Or did they just cut me off in traffic or step on my foot in line at the coffee shop? Number two is never return fire. The thing that, you know, everyone should remember is that ego monsters live to do battle. That's what they're all about. They're looking to get a rise out of you. They want you to play the game. Right. So when they're raging at you, and they can rage at you without even saying anything, they could do it non-verbally. But when they're doing it, the worst thing you can ever do is give it back because then they win, and that's what they want to do. They're pre-programmed to win. The thing you got to remember is they will not lose. They're unbeatable. Uh, you know, one of the great uh, sort of analogies, it's kind of a funny analogy, is, you know, you're up on the fourth floor of an office building and you're in, an, and you're in uh, doing heated battle with an egomaniac or, yeah. or an ego monster, and uh, you finish up whatever you're doing and you walk out, you go down the hall, you say bye to everyone, you get in the elevator, you go all the way down the elevator, you walk out the lobby, you get on the street, you hear a noise, you look up, the ego monster threw his or her office window open and yelled down on the street to get the last word. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they will not be beaten. So to attempt to beat them is a bad play. Yeah. You should actually lose on purpose. And remember, losing is always winning. And then the third... That's with the ego, I, right? Losing is always winning, right? Always. always. Right. A controlled loss is always better than a bloody win. <laughs> and, that's you know, good. That's the person with the power that yep. knows what's going on, and and then the third one, and we've had some heated debates about this, and uh, you know I do a lot of speaking and training and such. Is what I call give them a cookie, mm-hmm. and and I and I don't mean that you have to be thrown under a bus, but what I mean is 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 let that ego monster know that you are not there to do battle with them. You don't want to do battle with them. What you want to do is you just want to get through whatever you're dealing with. Most of the time when someone reacts like an ego monster, the reason that they do it is somewhere deep down you've either insulted them, you've invaded their space, you've made them feel uncomfortable to the point where they need to lash out. Well, they they perceive that whether you've done it or not. Absolutely. That's correct. Perception right. is reality. Yeah. An old but very wise adage. And the and, and so letting them know that you're there to do it with them, you're there to do it together, that you don't want to fight with them. This is one step further than not returning fire. Right. That's the true key to soothing and putting some balm on there. And I know you know most of my theories from reading the book, and that is is that, you know, there's no big egos, there's no small egos, no crushed ones, no inflated ones. Ego is just a ball of energy. Information hits it. There's friction. Is it going to be positive or negative? Just one second. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Joel Epstein, author of The Little Book on Big Ego. So egos are basically competitive against other egos. Well, egos, if if you let them, you know, they can be, certainly. Yeah, that's a sick ego, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, uh, I talk about this little guy that we all have in our ear 
uh, or, or, or gal, whatever's more politically correct, <laughs> called, called the information traffic cop. And when somebody says something to you, uh, you know, when somebody says, hey, Keith, um, you know, that shirt that you're wearing doesn't really match your pants, that's going to go in your ear. Now, if your information traffic cop is on duty, it's going to go to your brain so you can have a logical response. If your information traffic cop is out for a four Mai Tai lunch, um, <laughs> then that's going to go right to your ego, and you're going to have an emotional response, which would typically be negative friction. So, and so you're what going that, to think, what that's... who do you think you are to tell me that my shirt does not match my pants? Yeah. Ego, ego and, response is like, you put me down. Rational response is, hmm, I wonder where he's coming from or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or, or, oh, really, what makes you say that? Well, yes. your shirt's yellow and your pants are orange. You know, I mean, but you've, you've, that's, you've, you hit the nail on the head. And it's a, it's a funny sort of stupid example, but your listeners can take it and I'm sure really, you know, take it home because it's, it's very applicable to every, every situation, every, I mean, I love when people tell me or somebody, uh, writes, sends me an email or they respond, uh, to something if I'm somewhere and they say, I hate my boss. My boss is the worst. And I love asking why. Mm-hmm. Because there are lots of bad bosses out there. Yep. But a lot of times when I'm done talking to that person, the boss really isn't so bad. <laughs> Meaning the reason they hate their boss is because their boss made them do their job and they didn't like it. Right. That's really true a lot right. of times. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's it's um you know, I, I do a lot of uh, a lot of different things with uh, with colleges and uh, grad students, and the book is uh, required reading at some business schools for organizational behavior. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love talking about when when they get out in the uh, when the kids uh, or young adults get out in the in the workforce and the old uh, the job hoppers. You know, they've had four jobs in five years, and yep. every time, every company they've been at is just right. the worst. Right. Horrible. Right, and, and they're still not you know, looking it, at themselves. It, Pardon? They're still not looking at themselves. Yeah, well, it's a whole entitled, it's a whole entitled generation that's, yep, that's coming yep. out, and it's uh, it's bad news for the employers because the yep. employers are the ones holding the bag. Right, Boy, no fooling. It's really yeah. true. And it's not that all these uh, young adults are bad because they're not. There's there's greatness in in most of them, but that's, that's right. right. Yep, there's a lot spoiled, of extra they're spoiled. That's right. Boss takes all the credit for your work. You work. And he takes all the credit. What do you do about that? Well, it's a, again, it, it can be a very tiered or layered, um, question because there, I might ask more qualifying questions with that. But in a broad way, the first thing that you have to understand, that one has to understand, is that if you work someplace and you're on a team or you're trying to, you're trying to, uh, finish a project, and the project is actually your boss's project, meaning mm-hmm. it's come down from above to your boss, and they've said to the boss, boss, get this done. And then the boss meets with 15 people, and the 15 people grind it out and get it done, okay, yeah. and the boss hands it in. Now, some people look at that as the boss took all the credit for my work. Right. Okay. Um, in reality, all the boss did was they just did their job. Meaning they literally did what they were supposed to do. Right. <laughs> and, and, and upper management almost always knows, um, uh, you know, that the whole team did it. 
I mean, yeah, the boss handed it in. The boss managed the team that did it. Now, when you get in a scenario where, you know, you're you're really trying to get ahead and you're trying to sort of carve your niche and make your way through, you know, this is where it gets, I don't want to say dicey, and, you know, a lot of people would call it political or, you know, which I don't even want to call it that either. But, right. um, you know, there are some scenarios where you flat out need to quit. You just need to leave. I mean, if you have a boss that's that bad, you need to get out of there. But most scenarios, if the boss knows that you are not trying to take his or her job Mm -hmm. or disrupt what they have going on, if you've told them that in in, in so many words, and and there's listeners right now that are saying, this guy is full of it, meaning my boss would never, and I understand where they're coming from. Right. But... What I'm really talking about is a succession of cookie giving, yep. of really letting that person know that you're on the team, you're doing this, you're doing this, you know, together. Now, yep. the other thing, obviously, that you can do if you just want to get down to brass tacks and tactics, if, you're, if we're just talking about a workplace scenario, is, you know, you can always cover your rear end with lots of emails and have paper everywhere. And then, you know, when it comes down to it, if you're really in a situation with a horrible boss that truly stole your $10 million idea, mm-hmm. you know, you want to make sure you have proof that it was yours. Yes, but that doesn't really help with personal growth, which is really what we're more interested in. Hold right. on, we have a break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charme Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Joel Epstein, author of The Little Book on Big Ego. Hang on, we have more.